What's next for Canadian firearms owners in 2024? We asked that question today. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the first show of 2024. Now, as a law-abiding Canadian gun owner, I am happy to leave 2023 in the dust. It was a terrible year for us. We were the target of scapegoating legislation at the hands of the federal liberals who refused to address real crime issues. So they go towards the path of least resistance, the most law-abiding segment of the Canadian population, firearms owners. And I'm worried about what 2024 will bring for us. So I thought I'd bring on an expert. Today's guest is Rick Igersich of Canada's National Firearms Association. We're talking about the terrible year that was and what we can expect in 2024. Take a listen. So joining me now is good friend of the Rebel, good friend of the show, Rick Igersich of Canada's National Firearms Association. Rick, I wanted to have you on the show to talk about, you know, what it was like in 2023 for Canadian firearms owners, um, what we can expect in 2024 from the Liberals, but also from the National Firearms Association. Um, and... Uh, I also wanted to talk to you about something that is just, it's so perfectly liberal and it's so perfectly government. Um, and it's been a story that I've been on since 2018. And that is how the federal government is paying foreign hunters to shoot nuisance deer from a helicopter, which sounds cool. Like I would love to do that too, but I don't want to charge the taxpayer for it. Um, in BC, um, and right now, the first installment of this program is costing the taxpayer $10,000 a deer. This is something local hunters would have loved to have taken care of. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on your show again, Sheila. I appreciate it. Just love being on your show. Uh, yeah, 2023 was a turbulent year for uh, uh, law-abiding Canadians. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. The NFA was busy. Of course, everybody knows that um, uh, Bill C-21 got fast-tracked and became law. Uh, we were on it right from the start, but, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, talking to deaf ears in the Senate mostly, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it, it, it was an eye-opener for me because a lot of senators that actually thought they would, that we thought they would, uh, you know, run our way, some of the independent senators, they waffled at the end and voted with the Liberals. Uh, the word came down on the last day from uh, Justin Trudeau, I have no doubt, and, uh it was overwhelmingly uh, passed in the Senate, and uh, you, as you know, it uh, it reached royal assent and became law. Uh, in our opinion, it was nothing more than uh, than another uh, wedge issue that uh, Justin Trudeau can uh, definitely use in the looming election. We don't know when this election is going to happen. The sooner, the better. I don't know how long you can hold out. Uh, we'll see. And uh, you know, the NFA, we were we were on the ground the whole time. Uh, we uh, we did a lot of stuff in 2024. Besides that, the other part of the NFA. We spent a lot of time uh, going across Canada and meeting people and uh, putting, you know, putting some events together so we can meet people. We could, you know, gain some new members and uh, let people know what we're all about. Because part of the problem in Canada is there, 
there's a lot of gun owners in Canada, you know, 2.2 to 2.4 to, to 3 million. Nobody knows the actual number of actual gun owners besides licensed gun owners. And uh, nobody, nobody, a lot of people don't know what, uh, that there is a gun lobby in Canada and, and what, what we do in Ottawa and how we fight for their rights. So uh, the NFA spends a lot of time traveling. Well, we did in 2023. We spent a lot of time traveling across the country, letting people, you know, letting them meet us, letting them, letting them, uh, you know, letting them know that we're just regular people like them. We're not some entity that sits on the top of this pedestal. We're just gun owners like everybody else. And, uh, you know, hoping that they come aboard and help us in the good fight in Ottawa. You know, that's the thing about Canadian gun owners is, you know, by the numbers, the shooting sports are our national sport. More people participate in shooting sports than organized hockey. But we don't talk about it because we have a history of comp or of confiscation confiscation in this country. So we're a quiet men quiet majority, I would suggest, when it comes to people participating in organized sports. And because of that, a lot of people don't realize that they have organizations like the National Firearms Association lobbying on their behalf in Ottawa. So it's good to get out and and meet people in person, as you say, show people that you aren't the sinister gun lobby as the liberals and the media love to paint you. I mean, I'm probably repeating myself by distinguishing between those two groups, but they like to paint the gun lobby as just a bunch of rootin' tootin' gun totin' weirdos um, when you're just friends, neighbors, colleagues, people you meet at the grocery store, people you meet at work, just severely normal people, as Ralph Klein would say. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's the thing is, too, you know, when we were at the Senate and uh, senators were saying that uh, 68 percent of Canadian uh, firearms owners are in favor of this bill, which is which is the biggest piece of misinformation I've ever heard. Uh, I, I travel across Canada. I, I travel from coast to coast. I, I haven't talked to one person that uh, that was in favor of this bill. So they did a the way they got this uh, the, the way they got this data, they did a survey. And they phoned a real small controlled group of people and they said, are you in favor of getting rid of basically assault machine guns on the street? And that was the question. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it was so skewed to start with that, uh, that there, there's no, of course they got the results. They didn't, you know, we ch we challenged, we challenged uh, actually Senator Kuchar in the Senate about that. And, uh, you know, we uh, we provided him with three peer reviewed reports that uh, said the exact opposite. But, you know, what, they weren't interested, uh, you know. And uh, like I say, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying that uh, the firearms lobby had failures in 2023. We didn't have any failures. We had a we had a minor setback. And I am going to say that uh, 2024 is going to be the NFA's finest hour. Just sit back and watch. 2024 is going to be the NFA's finest hour. We're in the fight hard now. We've got a set direction. We know which way we're going and we know what to do. You know, Pierre Polyev has made some uh, bold promises, which I hope he sticks to. And uh, we, like I say, we're, we're going we're gonna to work hard. We're going to work hard for a government change. And when we do get a government change, we're going to be talking to these people right off the bat and make some major uh, the 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 whole uh, the the firearms act and the criminal code in Canada has to be has to be redone. There's just it it doesn't make any sense. It was it was originally drawn by a bunch of uh, lawyers and bureaucrats. 
people that never held a firearm in their hands. And, uh, you know, they're, they're making the laws first. So that's one of our goals in 2024 20, uh, to definitely uh, make some changes to the, you know, well, we, we need a government change. There's no doubt about that. I don't know how long uh, Justin Trudeau can hold out yet. It's a, it's a coin toss. But, you, you know, you, we've been hearing all kinds of stories, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but like I say, when, when there, there's going to be a change in power and it's going to be, it's going to be a positive change in power for us. And then, then their work is really going to start. Well, and what, what, what are you supposed to do? You know, you're up against uh, an NDP liberal coalition that is more radical than ever. They realize that they are running out of time. The Canadian public has absolutely turned on them. The Conservatives are consistently polling like 10 to 13 points higher than the Liberals at every step of the way. It wasn't an anomaly. It's consistent polling. You've got, you're up against a stacked Senate. All you can do is fight and fight and fight and fight until... Uh, and never give up until government is changed. And I think that's what you guys have done. Now, I wanted to touch on this uh, last minute change to C21, which has really been the legislation of last minute shoehorned changes, hasn't it? Um, but they've decided that the best way to keep Canadians safe is to make something double illegal. Why don't you tell us about this? Well, there's a lot of double illegal stuff uh, in uh, in C21. Everybody everybody knows that C21 is uh, is a freeze in the movement of handguns and stuff. And uh, you know, and uh, just uh, before I get into it too deep, uh, they they said that they're gonna they're gonna make some uh, they're gonna make some adjustments and compromise for uh, Olympic shooters and whatnot. But that that didn't happen, and that's not gonna happen. But there's a lot of amendments added to uh, to C21, and the biggest one is the is the magazine uh, magazine capacity. Uh, any, what they're saying is that, uh, any firearm and this, this is that, uh, you know, this is that, uh, same old thing, you know, we'll make, we'll make, we'll make stuff up after, after the bill is passed, you know, this firearms advisory committee, which in my opinion is just a waste of money and time. But anyway, uh, they, they, they basically, they, it's open-ended to, they can make, they can make any change to the bill they want after the fact, which is absolutely ridiculous. But at the end of the day, you know, one of, there's there's a bunch of things, there's a bunch of amendments on C21, and the one that uh, the one that kind of uh, is sitting to the forefront is this magazine capacity thing. Now there is probably I, I nobody has any idea how many magazines are out there that are legal five shot magazines that are that have been blocked from the factory, and uh, and. Uh, they're the way they're talking and and you know what they don't even know where they're going with this with this amendment they don't even know what direction they're going in but the way they're talking is any magazine that's readily convertible back to its uh original capacity is going to be deemed prohibited now we get into it's, the little, a little already, bit of a it's already illegal to alter it them. is yeah it is yeah it's a it's a it's a law on top of a law but you know where where this uh where this gets a little iffy is uh, they want to get rid of these things because now they're saying they basically change a lot and saying they're illegal because they can be changed back. But then we get into, you know, and uh, this is uh, your, your and my uh, pet peeve is the SKSs. You know, the SKS is a 10-shot capacity firearm that has an actual pin welded in the bottom of the, of, the, of the attached box magazine that prevents it from holding more than five rounds. Now, is that a readily convertible back to original capacity magazine you know 
that that that's the million dollar question and uh you know and but then again you made a very uh, very valid point there Sheila that it's already against the law to alter magazines so why would you make something illegal that has already been changed and made legal but then again we look back to the Ruger 1022 uh the 25 round magazines which there was thousands if not hundreds of thousands of them in Canada and they made them illegal overnight because they would fit into some Ruger Challenger pistol, which there's probably maybe, I don't know, a, a few dozen in Canada, but they made that magazine illegal because they considered a high capacity magazine because it, it'll, it'll work, it, it'll, it'll work in a pistol. So, you know, the laws, uh, the laws don't make any sense. The amendments don't make any sense. And it wasn't well thought out. It was rushed. It was definitely rushed at the end. And the reason it was rushed because, uh, the liberals wanted to get it through before the end of the year. And, you know, I, and I'm going back on this and I'm repeating myself, but it, it, they're going to use it as an election issue, just like they used firearms in the last election. You know, and unfortunately, uh, Aaron O'Toole did a 180 on us and, uh, and uh, you know, kind of leaned in their direction, which, which didn't help anybody at the, at the end of the day. But, you know, we're, we're looking at the same thing happening again. I just hope that, uh, that uh, Polyev sticks to his guns and keeps going in the direction he's going. And it's such a winning issue for conservatives. Uh, I think it's one of their single largest fundraising issues um, f- for the party. And look how popular Stephen Harper was for no other reason than euthanizing the gun registry. Uh, I'll never forget. I, th- I forget. I think it was. I think it was Wayne Calkins. I could be wrong. He got in a bunch of trouble when he was voting for the extermination of the gun registry and he did like some finger guns <laughs> during voting and the liberals lost their marbles. That shows you how radical the liberals are on this, that you can't even do a little finger gun celebration when voting on an issue of gun rights. But Stephen Harper was popular with a whole segment of the Canadian population for no other reason than just getting rid of that. And even if you don't care about guns, even if you don't care about property rights, are you tired of the government wasting your money on the wrong thing? There are a whole host of other things that they could do to deal with rising crime in Canada's progressive cities that have nothing to do with hassling law-abiding gun owners. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it's, it, it's, it's guns, it's, uh, it's personal property, it's freedom, but... You know, at the, at the end of the day, if you get a bunch of people to put the, if you get put a group of people together to uh, do a peaceful protest, are they going to seize your bank accounts? Are they going to, are they going to, you know, put the, put the, I call it the War Measures Act because I, I believe it still is, is a, yeah, back into place. You know, it just, it's, it, it's, they're, they've got an agenda and uh, part of their agenda is to scare Canadians and they did a really good job at it in Ottawa. You know, with uh, with the truckers convoy and stuff, and uh, you know they uh, they went way way beyond their powers. But you know, it, of course, when 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 you're uh, when you're uh, governing yourself or uh, you know investigating yourself, of course you're going to come out on top every time. So nothing became of that. But uh, you know, that's that that's where we're at right now with guns. I, I I'll tell you a story. I I do a lot of gun shows across Canada. I have people walking up to us that have good government jobs, and they want to make a donation to the NFA. And we we write down everybody that wants to make a, do- a donation. We get their information so we can thank them. A lot of people don't want to give us any 
information. They they just uh, they want to stay out of it because they're worried about their job. What kind of country do we have here when people are worried about their jobs? You know, by making a donation to a gun lobby, it's it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, to a completely legal organization defending the property rights of other people. You know, I like how the Americans look at political donations. They look at it as free speech. I'm letting my money do the talking for me because I can't do the talking. I don't have the power, the platform. I'm going to give it to somebody who does. And it is a form of self-censorship when you have so frightened people by what this tyrannical government can do to you for disagreeing with them that they just want to remain anonymous. That's a very Stalinistic way to be. Yeah, and then icing on the cake, cake, you know, suppress the media anyway with their uh, with eleven and eighteen, right? You know, you know, don't let the word get out. Great way to run a country, you know. Don't let the don't let the media don't let the don't let the free and uh, and good media out. And you know, they have their of course they have their government controlled mainstream media, which you know looks like it's not doing too well in the last few days. But uh, anyway, uh, just you know. It, why not censor you know that that's their idea if if there's if if there's true information coming out there let's censor it you know let's uh let's uh let's put a couple bills in place to uh censor information i know even on our we've been seeing on our social media platforms we've been getting shadow banned like crazy uh we work we work with rebel we work with rebel on in other aspects besides your show you know we do a lot of we do a lot of stuff on the other end of rebel and uh it's being it's being shadow banned it's being censored you know before uh before uh, uh, 11 and 18, you know, we get, you know, thousands, uh, you know, thousands and thousands of views and stuff. And all of a sudden, when those bills came into place, uh, all of a sudden it dropped down to a few hundred. You know, it, it, censorship, along with everything else, you know, and I'm, I'm going a little bit out of my alley here. But, man, it just because it because it's affecting us, it's fec- affecting us directly. This this censorship stuff has got to stop. It, it has to stop. You know, Canada's can't. Can't, Canadians can't live in the shadow like they're living right now. No, it's true. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing. You exist in a world where you need to be able to speak truth to, to power uh, in the same way that I do. That's part of your job is holding powerful people to account. And you can't do that if the very powerful people you're trying to hold to account are the ones that can silence you, that can make sure that nobody ever hears what you have to say. People don't have to listen to me. I don't need people to listen to me. I need them to have the opportunity to listen to me if they please. And the government is taking that away from us. Um, what, what can we expect in 2024? Let's start with from the government. What can we expect from them? Uh, the way it's looking, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping, uh, uh, there's going to be an election soon. If uh, if that happens, uh, it's going to put uh, it's going to put a lot of stuff into play, especially for us. Uh, we're going to get the word out there for about every politician. I don't care what color they they uh, they wear. We'll put we'll put their platforms out there and uh, let them let the people know uh, what they're about. Uh, the NFA doesn't endorse candidates. Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna let people make up their own minds, and we'll we'll go from there. But we'll definitely uh, we'll speak to anybody that wants to speak to us. If uh, if Justin Trudeau wants to come on NFA talk, I'll be more than happy to have him, and I would I would actually love that. But uh, uh, you know, uh, if anybody wants to come out, if Judd Mead Singh wants to come out and uh, you know speak to us and uh, uh, give give us his position on firearms, 
And of, of course they won't because their, their, their position isn't friendly to any of our people, but uh, you know, and, and as far as the CPC uh, or anybody else, you know, we'll, we're definitely going to put their positions out uh, during the election. We're not going to, we're going to run behind the scenes. We're not going to put, we're not going to, we're going to not going to try to put firearms to the forefront of an election. Uh, that's what the, we're not going to give the liberals, uh, you know, ammunition for their cause basically, but uh, we're going to run behind the scenes. And uh, like I say, we'll get the information out. Just uh, any politician that, you know, wants to get his word out, uh, get a hold of our, uh, get a hold of our uh, social media guys. And uh, we'll definitely get their word out across our social media. We have a pretty extensive reach now and uh, we'll get the word out. We're going to be working hard. Uh, as far as the NFA, we're still going to be out there. We're going to be out there doing events across Canada again. We're going to be meeting people from coast to coast. Uh, we uh, will be attending other events too. Uh, we, a couple of our people attended your event that you had there a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we sure, we, we love going to those events because, you know, well, we get to, we get to meet like-minded people. And, uh, that's another thing I wanted to say too. The NFA just isn't firearms owners. We have a lot of members that, that don't own firearms, but they're, you know, freedom loving Canadians that, that want to join a group to protect their rights and their freedoms. And that's why they join, you know, and when we attend, uh, when we attend rebel news events and stuff, we meet a lot of people that we don't normally meet. And I love going to those events. I, I would have been at the one in Calgary, but I got I, I had a, 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 another engagement at that time. But uh, it was it was uh, it was a great time for our people to get out and meet some people that are like minded. And at the end of the day, these are the people that are going to change this country. These are the people that are going to get out and vote. These are the people that are going to, you know, uh, tell their MPs what we need to do in Canada to make Canada a decent place again. Because right now, Sheila, Canada is not a decent place. For any freedom-loving individual, firearms owners, or likewise. Yeah, uh, your people were so well received at our Rebel Live event in Calgary that I couldn't get to their table. There were they had a long table, a lineup of people. They were selling memberships. They were selling merch. And by the time that I got done doing what I needed to do and the line had died, the thing that I wanted to buy was gone. I really wanted an NFA jackknife. I love a good jackknife. I'm a farmer. Um, and it was gone. I think they had three. They were all gone. Um, and a lot, I, I hear every time that you're on the show, Rick, I hear from regular viewers of the show who say, I just joined the NFA. I'm not a firearms owner. But I care about freedom, and I also care about my fellow Canadians not being scapegoated for the crimes of others. There are a lot of people who care about that, that, that we're focusing on the wrong people. We need to be worried about the bad guys, not the good guys in our neighborhood. And I hear from a ton of regular viewers of the show who are members of the NFA simply because they care about freedom. And that, for sure, for sure was my experience at Rebel Life, watching the long lineup of people talking to uh the folks that you had there. i hope you guys continue i hope you guys continue those events because i know i did i did the one uh the, uh, the other side of toronto there uh last year a couple of years ago and it was a great it was it was a full house uh i love attending those events i love meeting people i love talking to like-minded people you know there's so many of them out there that aren't gun people you know we kind of got our little uh you know our our our, our gun our, our gun people across canada but when you get out, outside that box and you start talking to people and they're like-minded i just i love that you know and I, like I, I told our people we need to attend every one of those events we can just to meet some uh like-minded people 
Yeah, you guys are more than welcome to attend all of our events. We love having you guys there. And I th- I think, too, for the, like the people in Toronto, like in Alberta, it's a little different. We will talk guns to everybody. We'll talk freedom to everybody. It's a little different, but it, it must be a wonderful experience to people in places like Toronto and and Vancouver to find people who think like you when you're in this progressive hotbed of um, of your politicians and unions and wild-eyed school board te- uh, school board educators. Yeah, but in, if you, in, know, like, you know what's really funny, though? Yeah, <laughs> I live in southern Ontario, but I can look out of my office window at any time and I can see uh, – Trucks going by with the flags on them. You know the flags I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, Driving sure. by all the time still to this day. So uh, people haven't forgotten. And uh, I think that's uh, the liberals are, are hoping that uh, people forget what happened in Ottawa, what happened with the firearms, what happened in general with everything with everything they're all about. But people haven't forgotten. I'm, uh, I, I, can, I can tell you people haven't forgotten. No, not now. Not now. I think, um, I think there were things that people could – let slide because Justin Trudeau was he had nice socks and a fancy face and people liked him so they could you know you can get a lot away with a lot of tyranny when I don't know some bizarre subset of uh, middle-aged housewives think that you're attractive but now <laughs> I, I think when you're when those same middle-aged housewives are having problems buying groceries because of Justin Trudeau's economic policies the tides will turn on you pretty quick uh, Rick uh, I want to thank we're recording this on Tuesday right after um, New Year's Eve. So I realize that this is a day off for a lot of people. And I don't want to take up too much of uh, what may or may not be a day off for you, Rick. But I want to uh, invite you to let people know how they can get involved in Canada's National Firearms Association. Uh, we're uh, th- uh, There's a lot of ways to get involved. Uh, the best way is uh, go to nfa.ca and, uh, you know, have a look at our website and uh, and become a member. Uh, you know, you can follow us on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Uh, we're out on all the social media platforms. Uh, join, become a member. Uh, the, uh, the money goes towards the good fight in Ottawa. You know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fight for our rights and freedoms, and, that, and, that, and that's what we do. Uh, like I say, uh, f- you know, follow us. And also, you know, uh, like I say, we, we, we work on the other end of Rebel News. Follow us on the other end of Rebel News, too. Reach out, you know, have a look at some of our stuff on there. And... Uh, and uh, I hope I, I hope uh, you know as many Canadians uh, get into the fight as, as we you know as we can pick up because there's a, there's definitely a big fight out there that everybody needs to join. It, it's getting uh, you know I, I don't want to use the word but I'm gonna I'm gonna say the resistance is getting stronger every day and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep uh, we're gonna keep moving in that direction and like I said 2024 is going to be a banner year for us, I predict. And uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming. We're giving a lot of guns away. We're giving a lot of merch merch away. And, uh, you know, join us and uh, get into the fight. Yeah, buy that merch on the merch store. You guys have a great merch store. You don't plug it enough. Uh, get the jackknife I didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Rick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, thanks so much for fighting so hard for law-abiding Canadians, gun owners just like me and my kids, my husband, and, um, well, basically everybody I know. Um, you're you're really fighting for fair treatment for us in our democracy because we've been scapegoated for so long. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, belated Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to you and all of the National Firearms Association crew. Yeah, same to you, Sheila. And thank you. Thank you for uh, having us on your show again. Uh, 
your platform is outstanding. Uh, you know, I it, it, it's it's a pleasure being on Rebel News. It's 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 the only platform I believe in Canada that's getting the truth out there right now. So uh, I appreciate everything you guys do at Rebel, and ha- happy belated Christmas, and uh, have a really really good 2024. I think we both will. <laughs> you know, if we get an election, I think the whole country will. Rick, th- <laughs> thanks so much, Rick. Thanks, Sheila. Well, friends, we've come to the portion of the show wherein we take your viewer feedback. I say this every week, and I know this is probably pretty redundant for regular viewers, but I actually do care about what you think about the work that we do here at Rebel News, because without you, there is no Rebel News. You see, we don't rely on Justin Trudeau for anything, well, except news fodder, Um, unlike the mainstream media, who have Justin Trudeau reaching into the pockets of Canadians to give them money to produce content Canadians don't want to consume and feel increasingly disconnected from. So uh, I want to know what you think. And that's one of the reasons I give you my email address. It's Sheila at rebelnews.com. If you have feedback about the show, uh, put gun show letters in the subject line so I know why you're emailing me. And um, maybe if you could kindly make reference to the show that you're talking about, um, because sometimes I don't get to them in the very next week but also uh, wherever you're watching us so if you're watching the free version of the show on youtube or on rumble thank you for sitting through those ads every little bit helps um but leave a comment there too sometimes i go looking through there to see what you guys have to say now today's letter is a little bit different it it's a leftover from letters to sheila so last week's show was a special Christmas show, and I addressed um, letters that you had written to me. You had sent them to letters, letters to rebels.com, I think is what it was. Um, anyways, we do it once a year, so don't send anything there right now. Um, and we do it in the lead up to Christmas, and you sent your questions to me. I printed them out. I didn't look at them. I sent them to my kids who snipped them up, put them in the Christmas stocking, and then I read them. And uh, there was one that came in late after that, and I wanted to address it um, because it's something I get all the time when people see me out in the real world, um, when I'm doing errands at the farm supply store or at Costco or whatever. Um, This is one of the number one questions that I get, and I'm sad that I didn't answer it in my Letters to Rebels episode. Um, but I think it's important that I do answer it. So here it is. It comes from Peter Bass, who writes, Hi, Sheila. My question is about the real David Menzies. You've known and traveled with David. Oh, have I ever? So probably the best to ask. Ric Flair, by all accounts, is Ric Flair. Woo! 24-7. I'm wondering how the Menzoid on-camera character we all love so much compares to the real off-camera David. Many thanks. Okay. Yes, I have traveled with David. I work with him closely every day. However, it's mostly remotely, but David Menzies is one of my favorite people on the entire planet. Now, um, sort of being in charge of making sure he doesn't say and do crazy things when he's famous for saying and doing things that are on the the edge of crazy. 
can be a little bit difficult and nerve wracking. Like, how do you manage somebody like David Menzies? Well, we have a rule, no costumes unless they're pitched in advance. And uh, he's got a really good reason for the costume. And you guys would be surprised, like how many costumes I say no to. However, to answer your question about is David Menzies the same in real life as he is on camera, I have to tell you, he's one of those very rare people who is better in person. That gregarious, kind, passionate, funny, bold person that you see on camera, he's all that and more off camera. He's just the kindest, most thoughtful man, but also like always pushing the limits, <laughs> even in conversations. Um, so yes, if David Menzies were Ric Flair in full feather boa, full woo mode um, on camera, he's that and more when you meet him in person. Um, I had absolutely the best time in Israel with him in uh, September. Um, actually, it was one of the reasons I was looking forward to going to Israel besides going to the Holy Land was, oh, I get to spend like 10 days with David Menzies. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, how, how you guys know him, I know him like that and more. He's one of the best people you'll ever have the pleasure of meeting. And if you count David Menzies as a friend, boy. You're a lucky, lucky person. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And as always, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think.